Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Geneva Muhammad to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Geneva, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background working in the library. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. Um, I have been a classroom teacher, well, I was a classroom teacher for eight years. Um, I started the MLIS program at Valdosta State in 2017 and finished the summer, well, in June, I just finished this summer. And I took my test, passed it on the first try, and got hired at the end of September working at a high school uh, media specialist. Very good. So the, you're a brand, brand new to this. <laughs> yes, brand new. Like in the middle, um, like the school started, yes. they posted the job and I was like, well, let me try my luck. And then was hired that following Monday. Wow. <laughs> so it oh, was really quick. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay. Did it happen to be at the same school you were already working at? No, I was working at an elementary school, and so now I'm in a high school setting. Okay, so you had- But to- it's in the same district, but just okay. um, different levels. Yeah, but at least that helped. They were willing probably to let you move, because <laughs> I know sometimes yes. they can be real, you know, picky and say, no, not until we find a replacement, you know, or whatever, but if they want yeah. to, you know, they're going to get you there, so. So they did, and I was just like, well, let me do a bunch of lesson plans to help you along, because I'm out of here, <laughs> so yeah. it was like- <laughs> How exciting. Well, congratulations on your new job. That's awesome. Thank you. What has that been like then starting out and we're in COVID and. Yeah. So for me, my situation is totally crazy because I started the second month of school. Um, I did my interview, um, which is the norm now. It was a tele interview on Teams, the virtual interview. Um, And then when I got hired, there's no kids. So I have no kids in the building. (laughs) And so I got hired at a school. There's no staff. There's no people in the building. So we can say um, the administration team and me and the custodian team have become great friends because they're the only ones in the building. But it's real interesting because my principal is new. So she's trying to figure out her job. I'm trying to figure out my job. And then there's this little magical in-between world where I'm living like, what do I do? So um, I have been using this time, which is kind of a blessing in disguise. I've been using this time. I got to weed the entire collection, okay, which was awesome because we don't really have what I'm learning that much time to just sit there and do that. So yeah, I've weeded the collection and now I'm um, labeling the books to put them in um to genreify the media center. Okay. So I'm getting stuff done. I almost freaked out when they were like, oh, we're going back. The kids are coming back on the 19th. I was like, wait, no, I'm not finished yet. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not done yet. So yeah, so it's kind of been me just working on the physical space and- um, if we're being honest, the stuff like the learning the system and all that is kind of been like, well, there's no one here. So I don't really need to learn it that fast. Mm-hmm. But um, in between me doing that and getting the physical space ready, I have been pushing into classes and teaching lessons here and there. Okay. Okay. So there are some kids on the campus? or you're- Well, no, they're all virtual. We're all okay. totally virtual. So you're pushing in virtually to the- Yeah, pushed into the virtual class, yes. I was picturing like pushing a book cart. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I pushed in virtual. I gave a lesson on how to use Sora okay. um, to two classes and then talking about um, 
researching best practices. But because we have a condensed schedule and um, teachers, because coming from the classroom, I know we hold on to our time. And so because it's high school, they only get 45 minutes. So their time is sacred. So a lot of them are like, leave me alone. We don't want to do anything. (laughs) Leave us alone. Right. Is there anything that somebody could have told you that would have made you feel more prepared <laughs> to start? Ah, I think it would have been nice to get a, a good, and I have a mentor too. Okay. Um, they gave us a mentor and there's a group, but you get so many emails and so many bombarded and some stuff I think, okay, should I know this? Or is this a crazy question? But I guess if there was a good someone gave me like a good starting point, like, Mm -hmm. okay, do this first. It had some kind of direction then. Cause the first few days I was just in there cleaning. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) I was dusting and cleaning up the space. I just didn't know. So So, yes. So there was just like someone to say, well, this is where you should start will be, you know, the best place to start would have been great, but I'm figuring it out. All right. So everything has been remote, getting ready to go back. You're thinking face to face. So like what really is taking up your most time? Has it just been like the genre fine kind of? Yes. the Because at first it was the um, going through, finding a good point, which actually we have the guy at Follett, our representative, has been amazing because he's helped me with how to weed the books from the collection and what that looks like. So initially the first I say I finished in November. So between that time was me weeding the books. The pulling the books were the easy, was the easy part. When I talked to Ed Media um, for the district, the hard part was once the book is done, you have to go through and black out everywhere you see the school's name and <laughs> cut out the barcodes. Yes. So I pulled over because the collection was really dated because the school opened in 1963 mm-hmm. and kind of they kind of had like two media specialists. So it was dated sort of. So I pulled about 5,000 books. Oh and like I said, gosh. that part wasn't the it was time to swing, but not as bad as going through with the marker, like <laughs> to cross out the names of the school. And some librarians, some of the previous ones, I guess, went stamp happy. So in some books, there were like 10 stamps. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. So that really took the most of the time <laughs> doing that piece. And the putting the stickers on the books now, what I'm genrefying, is taking time, but I feel like I should be done by next week <laughs> oh that's a great because when you talk to somebody who's working in the library you know, like you're working sorry when you're when they're working and having classes you know like face to face I remember interviewing somebody last year um it was like a whole year you know it took her a year to genreify everything because you're still you know busy teaching hour to hour and um she yeah. was staying in after school and on the weekends and so you're fortunate to have this time because <laughs> when the teachers came back two weeks ago they let teachers start coming in the building. And I see how you don't have time to do it in a natural setting because they're coming in with questions. There's all kinds of things. I'm just like, I just want to put stickers on the book. Y'all go back home so I can finish. <laughs> so I can make this place beautiful for the kids and you. Go home. <laughs> so I can kind of get how um, it would take forever if it was like everyone was back in the building that I wouldn't have the luxury of this time. <laughs> yeah, definitely, most definitely, okay. All right, so you're seeing the role of the library just really from the virtual perspective right now. Like how, how would you describe like the influence? You know, you, you talked about you had come from the classroom. What kind of 
How do you see the librarian's role influencing on a, in your campus now? Well, now it's just like, well, going into second semester and because I read somewhere in all the little library books that you read that someone said, once you get one teacher on your team, <laughs> you're on your way. Because <laughs> then they're going to start saying, oh, well, Miss Muhammad pushed in and did this. So I'm starting to see more of that for second semester, so okay. much so that the teachers have asked me to put out my schedule so okay. that they can get me coming into their class. And we're going back to a traditional 90 minute setting. So I'm sure that for a second semester, um, this week I plan to push out, cause I do um, media memos like once a week, like just letting them know updates for different things um, and sharing different things with them. And so um, I'm going to push my schedule out cause I plan to fingers crossed because we're going to longer, longer time we're going from 45 to 90 minute blocks. Okay. So maybe teachers will give away some of the time, but I really want to get into the classes and do some library orientations because there are several databases that we have that the students aren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into the freshman classes and talk to them about research and citing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that to push in and starting off with, and especially we're in the world of fake news, yeah. <laughs> just have discussions about looking for credible yeah. um, resources. So I, my goal, like I said, is to push in and do library orientations. And then after that, um, just telling about the ins and out of researching and what we have available in the media center to help them do that. Okay, good. Yeah, I was actually just tweeting this morning, somebody was talking about fake news and and, um, and talking about adults, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. adults in our lives are like, are you aware <laughs> of what you just posted? But I had, I shared that I had, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the News Literacy Project. Have you heard of it? Yes, I'm familiar okay. with it. They have a newsletter and I don't know if you've seen their newsletter called The Sift. Mm, I haven't. Okay, so it's a really good one. And so like in my case, I shared it with my parents and my aunts um, and uncles um, mm -hmm. post things. <laughs> that I, that <laughs> and um, anyway, they now get this newsletter as an adult, you know, and not not a child in a school setting, but um, as, as the adult. And it talks about like the latest misinformation that's out, mm. out there, the latest fake news thing. And it, it talks, it's really talking to the teacher, you know, about how to talk your students through these. Yes. But as adults, they're looking at it going, oh, so <laughs> you should look for the sift yeah, I just wrote it down because I just wrote it down so I can look into it. And I think it was either on your site or another site that I follow on Instagram shared um, all sides. Would they report? Would they report news from the left, from the right, and then from the center? Oh. And then they rate newscasts or different news um, platforms based on if they're more to the left, to the right. So you can get it, because they say there's no such thing as unbiased news. Right. So it gives you from the left, from the right, and from the center, so you can kind of be aware. So they'll give you like one headline and then show you where people have reported from the left to the right or from the center. Okay. And I found that really cool. I shared it with my teachers yeah. um, last week and they was like, we're gonna use this in class. We totally love it. I was like, well, I found it somewhere on there <laughs> and looked through it, but it was one that, um, it must've been on, um, Oh my gosh, I forget her name, but um, her site, she shared it and she has a lot of literacy stuff. So I yeah. was like, that was something that I found that was really cool Very that I was able to yeah. share. Yeah, definitely. All right. So you're, <clears throat> you've got things established now and you're, you're getting into the classrooms a little. Um, so what kind of things do you see yourself working on as the year goes on? And as we look and look at next year? Um, just, I guess, familiar, my, I guess not familiarizing myself, but more so 
getting to know the staff, the, mm-hmm. the staff and the students and getting a feel for, because you know when you're in the building, you can kind of get a feel for certain kids, right. the vibes of certain adults and know how you can be best. But on the computer screen, it's just like you, <laughs> you don't know where to start. So once, so I guess when we get back into the sway of thing, or even I'll have to do it better, try a better way to do it virtually. It's just building relationships mm-hmm. to start there. So then I can further see what their needs are and what, you know, how I can help them. Cause I want to be a resource to the school. So the best way to help them would be just to start building relationships. Okay. With them. All right. And I know the thing that caught my eye when you were on social media was, you know, you're talking about your, your collection and what you're saying is really so important. You know, you, you have to know your students. I'm yes. really going to help you, but let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you, you've been weeding. <laughs> like, of course, you're going to weed the old things, but what else did you look for? Like, what kind of things did you, as you're starting to work on your collection? Um, I did, for instance, like, I just wanted to make sure that because my school is 98% um Black, the student body is, and I think it's about 2%. Well, I guess they would have to be 2% if it's 98%, 2% um, Latinx community. I just want to make sure that it was a good balance and reflection of that within it. So when I'm looking through now, the first weed was like a gentle weed because it was mostly stuff that was, when I looked, it wasn't getting, um, and it's crazy for me because it's 2020 now. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at stuff that was, done in 2000 I'm like well that's still relevant I'm just like well certain instances it's not because 20 years have passed so it's just (laughs) yeah so it's crazy because I kept saying this is crazy that something written in 2000 may not because I saw a book about um get into forensics and it was like in 1998 and I'm like there is no way that this is still credible no so looking at the relevancy of it all and also keeping in mind the student bodies. I know for one part, there was in their self-help slash religious setting, it's a white lady's name and she's really big in self-help and religious. So all of that whole self-help section was just her. And I was like, well, wait, the kids might want some more options. So from things like that, I was able to get other artists like, um, not artists, but authors like Ayana Van Sant or T.D. Jakes or other self-help books from other races and with more diversity so the kids can see it's a spectrum or, or they can more relate to. So um, just things like that. And that was funny because I even found a book called The Slave Dancer. And it was about slavery being this happy time and a boy that played the flute to let the flags dance on the ship and I'm just like what is this book doing in here so just like looking through things like that but also um like so some books that were or some things were a planet was still a uh, Pluto was still a planet mm-hmm. so like well this is kind of you know but just making sure that when I look at the authors too that if it is a Hispanic tale but it's written by uh, older white man that may not have had the context yeah. or the credibility to write this story. Just looking into things like that to try to make it um, res- culturally respectful, I guess, to make sure that it's really relatable and it's more true. Mm-hmm. So just trying to be aware okay. um, of things like that. And as I start, uh, well, I kind of lightly have started second weeding, looking at deeper things like that. But the first one, because I knew so much of it was outdated, I didn't want to read everything and not have any books. (laughs) Right, that's the scary part. So when I go into it again, or once I slowly get settled in, 
I'll be able to go through it with the fine comb and then just like replace books or add to it to just make sure it's a more diverse collection. <laughs> That's good. Very good. All right. So, and a lot of what you were too just describing was making me think about the own voice movement, you know, the OWN. Are you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with yes. that movement. Yeah. And I know like where I live on the Texas, Mexico border, um, it's, it's actually the opposite of yours. My, we're here, we're 99% Hispanic and then 1% is broken up with everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, finding people who can write about this area and this culture um, that have lived this experience, you know, and mm-hmm. they are really, you know, sometimes we'll chuckle when we'll, we'll read books, you know, that we'll be talking about different things. We're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> Not, not, not quite. <laughs> That's uh, almost, but not really. <laughs> yeah. And even, even some of not related to books, but um, the Selena movie that had recently come out, you know, we were all laughing because it, it was showing one of our areas, one of our cities down here, Brownsville, uh, with mountains and we're a flat desert land. <laughs> something here but, uh, but but that same kind of thing happens in yes places. you know they're they're mm-hmm. just not truly representing you know what the people who live there or experience it you know know it know and feel so yes all right so you're new to your job and so other a lot of my other listeners are also pretty new to their job so when they're just starting to think about their collection and, and bringing in diversity to it um what what kind of, what could you tell them as like some first steps? Cause you know, it can be kind of intimidating when you first walk in. Yeah. So I think the first thing, and really, I didn't even know that there was an issue with regards to making sure you had a diverse collection because me and my son are avid readers. And when I go out, I just naturally give him different things from different authors. And I knew how to look for, even when they were saying things to me, I was learning in class that, um, a high percent of African-American males don't read. I'm just like, that's hogwash. No one, because I have a son, but I was limiting. So when I did my capstone project, my final project, no, before that, what sparked me to do that in my internship, um, I was working at a school that was about 50% white, about, and it was uh, maybe about 47% Black, and they had some Asians and Hispanics. So it was a mixed school. And I pulled their records from the registrar to see their student body population. Mm -hmm. And then I did a destiny search from keywords looking for African-American, Black, or different books to see. Mm -hmm. And literally, the disproportion was crazy. And I didn't know. And the media specialist there, the media specialist was African-American woman who I adore. And her clerk was a white woman too and both of them were just like oh my gosh we never knew because it's just sometimes stuff that you just think no this is this is a good book this is a good book but you're not really looking at it so yeah they had 0.04 percent of their titles deal with anything with latinx and then for um black students it was like 480 books and they had like a I want to say a close to 25,000 collection. Wow. And so when I saw that, that's what kicked off my passion to make sure that I had, whenever I became a media specialist, mm-hmm. I would have a diverse collection that reflected the student body because each child, you know, should be able to see themselves in the stories told. So yes, it sounds like, oh my gosh, where do I start? Yeah. But the first place would be to see what your student body makeup is. And then if you use destiny or if you want to talk to whatever book rep that you have to kind of go through and do a title analysis and see 
or title or art analysis and then see how much of your population reflects that. Okay. And that is the best, being aware, I guess, is the best, <laughs> is the best and a great starting point to just mm-hmm. know your student body and know what you have in your collection. Yeah. Because that, because that, I mean, even doing that with her, I didn't even think it was going to happen. I was just saying, hey, I need to scratch off these ticks of tasks I need to do. So that's right. That's just ASL standard five. Let's do this one. So it was just a check. When we did it, it was so eye-opening for all of us that it was just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I know a couple of weeks ago, I had interviewed Nancy Jo Lambert. And I don't know if you listen, happen to listen to that podcast, but she was talking a lot about this also with diversity and equity. And um, she actually uses some of her student helpers. Like she has students mm-hmm. assigned, you know, during the, the day and um, they they would start pulling out, you know, section, like working in the fiction, you know, or something and looking mm-hmm. at the characters. And um, so they were really helping her. So maybe, maybe once your kiddos are back. Yes. Maybe <laughs> once I have people in the building, I can have, <laughs> have someone. Cause I have met through testing because they do have some kids coming in to test. Uh-huh. So, I've met two young ladies that were like, oh, we love the library. Can we help? I was like, sure, I'm putting your names down and I'm not forgetting you said that because I'm pretty sure some of this painstaking task I have been doing, children can do it. (laughs) And we'll love to do it. I'm thinking about that. Yeah, that would be a a good student task. They could. Yes, (laughs) that would have been. And they probably would have loved it. Like we're helping, but that was a lot of (laughs) markering. Most definitely. And I learned that too on the, cause my barcodes were, you know, were on the front of my book and we, we were told mm-hmm. uh, to try to peel it off. And then if we couldn't do at least do a black line through it, but some, you know, if, if we missed something and it was, people would find the book and they bring it back to you. Oh, this, this book was, oh no, no. <laughs> I'm weeding that book. I, I don't want it back. <laughs> I would say no, keep it. Just thank you. But you can, yeah. it's a present. You can <laughs> have it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Ms. Janabel, what are you doing, um, you know, since you're brand new, you're, you're just starting out, you finished school, what are you going to do to keep learning um, about the library so that you can stay sharp and become better at what you do? Well, not to sound cliche, but doing things like listening to your podcast. <laughs> and I realized that there is such a, a media specialist, librarians connection and community on between Facebook and um, Instagram, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Infinite Campus, that's where we put our grades in. <laughs> but there's such a large um, community, helpful community. Very. Like you can learn so I'm every day on Instagram saving ideas and saving mm-hmm. things, or even on Pinterest that I can do in the media center. Um, so between that, and I'm also a member of ALA, um, the Georgia Library Association. Okay. Um, I think everything I can sign up for, I am signed up. So I'm getting all the magazines and stuff to stay on top of things. Eventually, um, when some of the COVID restrictions start lightening up, then I will start to also go to library conventions, Um, especially like I know ALA hosts a lot of conventions and different things like that. So that's how I plan to keep myself new and involved. <laughs> and it'll be fun because, you know, when you, if you ever do get to some of the national ones or even some of the state ones, people that you've been following online, you, you can actually meet them, you know, in person. Yes, that's, I'll be like, hey, I, know, I mean, I don't know you, but hey. I don't feel like you do, you know. <laughs> yes. 
That's good. All right. Well, Mr. Nava, it's been so much fun talking to you today. And so for any of our listeners who want to, to follow you and learn with you, or maybe they have some ideas they want to share with you, um, how can they find you online? Um, I am an, on Instagram and I have a YouTube channel. Um, okay. They both have the same handle. It's Miss Callie NGA. That's M-S underscore Callie, C-A-L-I underscore I-N underscore underscore ga so miss Callie and ga because i'm originally from california and now i'm in oh okay i get it i get it at first i thought maybe it was your nickname or something but (laughs) yeah i know so it's just a relocating tag (laughs) yeah and so for the listeners i will put that in the show notes so that you can go and find that there and you'll be able to click and follow her and and keep learning with her and uh, join her library squad so thank you so much for your time it's been fun chatting with you and good luck as you're finishing out all the projects before you you get your kiddos back there (laughs) okay and thank you so much for having me you're very welcome bye-bye okay bye